You're listening to the sermon, Remembering the Faithfulness of God, at a special combined service by lead pastor Dan Krause from Brian Baptist Church, originally taught on Memorial Day weekend, Sunday, May 28, 2023. Good morning, Brian family. We are here today gathering, singing songs and worshiping, smiling, having joy in our hearts, having freedom that we get to experience. Why? It's not because we've done anything spectacular. It's not because we are just some awesome group of people, although we kind of are. We are here gathering together, worshiping together, singing praises together, because Jesus indeed paid it all. He saw us in our desperation. He saw us in our need. He saw us in our time of want. He saw that we were helpless to save ourselves. And He went to the cross for you and I and paid it all. He paid it all. This is Memorial Day weekend. Thank you for coming as uh, just one service as a lot of people are out of town doing their thing. And... um, uh, we celebrate this weekend not, not for barbecues, not for getting together and just kind of hanging out. We celebrate this uh, because we want to remember something very important as a nation. We want to remember that we are free as a nation because of the sacrifice of many men and women who paid it all as well, who died in battle. The country decided to memorialize a day so that we would remember this as a nation. But memorials and memorializing days or or things isn't new to the United States of America. In fact, we see it all throughout Scripture as God memorializes so that we can remember His faithfulness. Did you know today that God is faithful? He is faithful. Some of you have been waiting for deliverance from some sort of sin. There's a besetting sin that you keep going back to and you're like, man, I just wish I could have victory in this area. Friend, you can have that victory as God is faithful. Give it to Him. Some of you are in seasons of prolonged suffering. You say, God, when is this going to end? God is faithful even in your suffering. Some of you are struggling through relationship problems. Friends, give that relationship to Him. He is faithful. We see over and over and over again, all throughout Scriptures, the faithfulness of God. But I can tell you about the faithfulness of God in my own life. If we had a moment of open mic, which we're not, so stay seated. You would hear story and story and story of God's faithfulness. You know, for me, I was saved and baptized when I was six years old. I remember it well. Pastor Tom Hapton in Waterford Community Bible Church, I sat down in his office and we talked about what it meant to be saved as putting my faith in Jesus as he had paid it all for me. And he later baptized me, Tom, Pastor Tom did. I was sold out for Jesus as a little kid. I prayed every morning, but some things in my life took me a different direction. I should say I jumped on that other direction and ran headlong away from my Savior. It wasn't until I was in my early 20s before God captured my heart again. 
And I got to tell you, after I recommitted my life to him, I am here to tell you, I'm here to testify to God's faithfulness. Uh, for all the things that I did, for the person that I was, God, I gave God every reason to turn his back on me and say, not a chance do I want you back, let alone do I want you preaching my gospel in front of other people. But he didn't do that because our God is faithful. He is faithful. Maybe you haven't experienced God's faithfulness or not realize you've experienced God's faithfulness yet. Today you're going to hear about this cross towards the end of the message and how God, Jesus paid it all even for you. You might be here saying, listen, that's good for the Christians because they've lived a certain way. Listen, I didn't live that way. You might be sitting there saying, thinking, you know, you don't understand the things that I've thought and what I've done and what I have said. Friends, there is no sin, there is no sin greater than the grace of God. Every sin you've ever committed or even thought about committing was paid for on a cross by the blood of a lamb who died on your account. Guys, our God is faithful, and his faithfulness is nothing new. I want you to look at Joshua chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 14 to 17. As you turn, let's go to our faithful God in prayer. God, we just thank you. We thank, thank you for a building to come and to, to praise your name together as a family. We thank you for your word that instructs us for righteousness, that you would give us a guide to our feet, a light to our path. God, we thank you as Americans. God, we thank you for those men and women who came before us and who died fighting for freedom. God, we know where they learned it. They learned it from you. God, as we go to your word today, as we spend time together today as a family, may your spirit speak in and through me and everybody else who shares. And may it cause us all to grow. It may cause us all to take that step closer to you. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Joshua 3, verses 14 through 17. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan, with a priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priest bearing the Ark were dipped into the brink of the water, now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is uh, beside Zarethan, and those flowing down toward the sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel was passing over on dry ground until the nation finished passing over the Jordan. I, I want you to go there mentally for a moment. Israel had spent 430 years in foreign soil in Egypt. 430 years, several generations uh, grow up in Egypt in a foreign land. They were in captivity. They were mistreated as slaves. You, you, you know the story probably that, that God delivers them through Moses in, in this incredible way. That even after 430 years, God was faithful. 
As he delivers the children of Israel, they end up spending 40 years wandering in the desert. But even in that 40 years, God was faithful. There were battles won. There was manna. There was food to eat every single day. There was water to drink. God was faithful even in the desert. Now the children of Israel are getting ready to pass over the Jordan and, and, and take their inheritance to step foot onto the promised land. After all of these years, after all of these trials, after witnessing God's faithfulness over and over again, they're faced with the problem of the Jordan River overflowing its banks with old people, with, with animals, with children. How are they going to get them across? It's through God's faithfulness that gets them across you know uh, throughout the bible god does the impossible throughout the bible god does the impossible but throughout my own life god also does the impossible he was faithful then he is faithful now a church after all of the acts that he does this children of israel are facing the jordan river and god's about to do something else that's absolutely incredible 430 years in Egypt, 40 years in the desert, and they're facing this river. Have you ever been in a season in your life where you feel like you've been waiting on God? You know that he's faithful because he's always been faithful, but maybe right now you're struggling seeing the faithfulness of God in your life. Maybe that's you today. You might be asking, where exactly is God in this problem? Where exactly is God in this relationship that has fallen apart? Where exactly is God when I'm trying to do what's right, but I keep sinking back in to what's wrong? Where is God in these things? Friends, God is faithful. He is faithful. The children of Israel are standing at the banks of an overflowing, overflowing river with livestock, with old people, with, with children, and they're saying, how are we going to get across? And God says, I got this. I got this too. What does he do? And I love this. I love that there's a location in the text that says where God began to dry up the river. You know why I love that that, that location is given? Because where the children of Israel were crossing the Jordan River and where God stopped the flow of the river were 20 miles apart, where the children of Israel were standing there saying, what are we going to do? God, you took us this far just to drown in the river. What are you going to do? The answer was God knew what he was going to do. He was working 20 miles upstream. He was ahead of the children of Israel, and he shut off the water so that they could cross on dry land. Right now, in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your storm, in the midst of whatever it is you're going through, you might be wondering, God, where are you in this? I know that you're faithful, but right now I'm struggling. Well, you know where God is? He's working upstream in your life. He has gone ahead of you. He has gone ahead of you. It's important, church, for us to remember what God has done because it's going to lead us to what God's going to continue to do. It's important to memorialize things. So that we can remember that God has always been faithful and nothing's going to change that. Friends, God instituted memorials to remind us of his faithfulness. To remind us of his faithfulness. I want to continue in the text down to Joshua 4, verses 4 through 7. Then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of uh, the people of Israel, Israel, that this may be a sign among you. 
When your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you should tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Memorials were God's idea to remind us, to remind his children that he is always faithful. Listen, the children of Israel weren't always faithful, but God was. That, that's good news to a person like me. You know why? I'm not always faithful, but God is. God is always faithful. It was important to God to have this memorial to remind his children of his provision, of his love, of his faithfulness. God will do what he says he will do. God has done what he said he would do. God is faithful. He is faithful indeed. We as people, we tend to forget quickly how faithful God is, don't we? I'm frustrated with myself. You know, in a morning where I'm preaching about God's faithfulness, it's very possible that by the end of the day I'll forget it in a situation, at least for a moment. How quickly do we forget that God is faithful regardless of our circumstance or situation that we're in? And sometimes we need to have a memorial to remember that God is always faithful. As I said earlier, we don't need to look into the Old Testament to see that God is faithful and always been faithful. We see God's faithfulness throughout the history of just this local church at Berean Baptist Church. Who's been here for more than 10 years at Berean? Quite a few of you. How often have you seen God remain faithful at Berean? Has it always been easy? No. Some of you are like, especially not the last three years. <laughs> it, it hasn't always been easy, but God has always been faithful. I mean, God has always been faithful. There have been difficult times, but I'm here to tell you that God has always been faithful here at Berean. But I don't want you to take my word for it. There are people who know more about that than I do. I'd like to invite the Pound family to come join me on stage. Would you welcome the Pounds? Pastor Dave, would you uh, introduce your family for those who, who might be new? Well, I'll let them introduce themselves here. For one, we're going to start with you. <laughs> you know, we had these when you were here, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Cher Pound. Good morning. I'm Audrey. And Matthew. So uh, the Pounds, as you know, many of you know, Pastor Dave, a founding pastor here at Berean Baptist Church, uh, served here for just a short 35 years. Yeah. <laughs> lots of wonderful things, lots of hard things. Uh, pastor Dave, can you talk a little bit, though, about God's faithfulness wow. here at Berean? Pastor Dan, what a great message you gave this morning to lead right into what we want to talk about. First of all, I just want to say it is so good to be home. Yeah. <laughs> And, and we, we really do consider Berean to be our home for 35 years, not only to Sharon myself, but to Matt and all of our boys. You were so kind and gracious to us as a family 
we just feel so blessed for that time we had together. And I have to tell you, there were times that were kind of tough in the early days when we began this church. Uh, I remember we were meeting over at Mansfield Christian School, and my office was in the basement at home. And in the early days, if we had 30 people out on a Sunday, we were pretty happy about that. And we also remembered that they had tried to start a church here earlier before we came, and it just didn't work out. So we knew they had already had one attempt, and now we're coming in for a second attempt to see if we can get a church like Berean going again. And I can remember one day I was feeling very disappointed and discouraged. The church didn't seem to be growing the way I'd hoped it would grow. And I just remember I was reading in Matthew 16, and I saw something, words from Jesus, that I later put on a little plaque and put it above my desk. And it was where Jesus simply said these words, I will build my church. And the pronouns were very important in that verse <laughs> because it was very clear to me that he was saying, Dave, I, Jesus Christ, will build my church. Not Dave Pound's church, but I will build my church. And, and I was so encouraged by that. And then I also had the privilege of being the, the starting pastor. I got to choose the verse for the cornerstone out by the chapel. That was our first stage. And I chose 2 Corinthians 4, 5. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. And this church, we've always tried to say, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And that's focused on Jesus. And we know he's been faithful, and we know that continues to this day. We're just so thankful for what God has done and it continues to do. Uh, I remember going to prayer meeting here just this past Wednesday, and uh, we were encouraged. As, and I was, as I was in that chapel, that's where we had our first dedication service. And I remember a man speaking that day, giving the main address, and he made a comment that I've never forgotten. He said, Berean is a trophy to God's grace I like that statement a trophy to God's grace and his faithfulness and as I was in prayer meeting Wednesday I saw some faces of people that I recognize I, a lot of some of you are still here you know and, and, and it makes us feel at home I, I see Joe and Ruth Baxter up here you know we've known them for years so faithful when we were at Berean but you know what I was also excited about Sharon and I saw faces of people we hadn't seen here more people are coming here. New people are coming here. And uh, we met a, a lovely young couple, Steve and Samara, originally from Brazil. And they came to this area, and some friends had done some research on churches in Richland County. And they said, you need to go to Berean Baptist Church. <laughs> and we got talking with them, just a wonderful couple. So again, Dan, we're seeing God's faithfulness continue through Berean bringing in new people like that couple, and I know many others. Some of you have no idea who Sharon and I are, but we are so glad to see God is continuing to work and bless through you, Pastor Dan, your leadership team, the volunteers, and this congregation. God is still at work at Berean, and Sharon and I and our family, we so rejoice in that. Thanks for allowing us to be back today. Yeah, thank Did you. Did you want to say something? Yeah. So, um, 
Matt and Audrey are here talking about God's faithfulness. Uh, you know, as a dad, nothing could bless my heart more than my children following after him. And uh, you guys have, you guys hit the jackpot, right? No pressure, Matt. So, so Matt and Audrey are, are uh, missionaries of ours in Thailand. Would you give us an update on what's happening? Yeah, we just thank you, everyone. We love this family, too. Uh, this was a place where I got to grow up. And some of those growing pains were rougher than others, some of you know. Um, but it is just a joy to be able to say to you again, thank you. And to say there's so much more that God is doing through you that you may not be seeing. But Thailand is one of those places that you continue to bless us. You bless Faithful Heart Foundation where we work. Uh, we've been there eight years now. And this is a season for us, I feel like, of growth and joy which means it's a season for you of growth and joy. Because we're far away, and we're not always great about media and videos, but God is doing good things in Thailand. In this past year alone, we've been helping over 70 children every month to stay with their families, to introduce them to the gospel and Jesus. We've helped 12 children who live in our full-time care, we're advocating for foster care among the Thai churches, which is a brand new idea. We're talking about college kids that are the first in their entire families to graduate from college, seeing improved lives. It's just a joy for us. I feel like it takes about five or six years when you're planting. It's like a long harvest when you're a farmer. And, and we're finally beginning to see more of those seeds grow and come to fruit and seeing people know Jesus, having lives transformed. And you guys are part of that. So thank you. Thank you for letting us do that. We love what we do. We love getting to be there. And just like my dad said, I think it's something my parents have modeled for us for years. And if you thought otherwise, living overseas will quickly change your mind. But it is not us but it is Christ in us. And he chooses, for whatever reason, to use jars of clay, weak and fragile though we are. But it's just a joy that we get to share in that with you. I, I see the Snyders. They came and visited us just a couple weeks ago, months ago. And we just love that. We love getting to reconnect with you. So thank you for being part of that work and that fruit and being able to share God's faithfulness together. Yeah, thank you. A lot, lots of... Um wonderful things that have happened, and, and God's faithfulness has been on display throughout. But God's faithfulness has been on display here through some very difficult seasons as well, um, uh, including your family was personally touched by what was, what was probably one of the biggest tragedies that Brian has walked through in the last 40 years, and that was uh, your son being called home uh, to heaven, uh, Jonathan. And um, I want to remember both Jonathan and how the lives he touched. You know, I've got teenage boys that run through this building, and I can imagine what that must have looked like with your boys, Matt probably crawling on things, and I heard Jonathan pulled a lot of pranks. Um, but I want to remember Jonathan, but I also want to remember through Jonathan God's faithfulness. And it's for that reason that we have, uh, re we're rededicating the chapel today in, in memory of Jonathan Pound, and it's going to become the Jonathan G. Pound Memorial Chapel. And uh, we're going to have this plaque up on the wall. We wanted to give this to you all um, uh, to show you. That's going to go up on the wall here in a minute. Yeah. 
Um, but at the end of the service, by the way, we'll have a um, meet and greet in the chapel. So you guys, the pounds will be in there, and you'll be able to go check out the, 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 the makeover and, and, and spend some time with the pounds as well. So I encourage you to do that at the end of the service. Um, myself included, but a lot of us weren't here um, to get to know Jonathan. And um, uh, I'm going to give you back the microphone here for a moment. Um, but, but through a very, well, what's the hardest thing for a parent to go through? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, God remains faithful. Yeah, yeah. And Jonathan had given you guys a gift that now I'm sure just screams God's faithfulness all these years later. I want to show this gift, and it's a video. Um, Could you give us a little bit of the context of this video that we're going to show? Sure, yeah. Well, first of all, those of you that uh, may remember our son, when he he was like four or five, he came home one Sunday after we'd had a fellowship at church, uh, coffee and cake afterwards, and he was wearing short pants and his pockets were bulging. And we were like, what, what's he got in his pockets? We said, Jonathan, what, what are in your pockets? And he started pulling out nickels, dimes, quarters. And we're like, where, where did you get all that money? Oh, he said, I just walked around the fellowship hall, and I asked people from the church to donate to my puppy fund. <laughs> in other words, you shook down the congregation. <laughs> we don't have a puppy fund, you know. So we knew from an early age he liked to have his fun, but we were so thankful as the years went by how God was at work in his heart, and uh, what we remember, some of those special times were like he had a chance to speak at Mansfield Christian School and, and share a message from God's Word to his peers, and he talked about the topic that John Piper had uh, talked about years ago, don't waste your life, and that was such a powerful message that he gave. And he, and he gave an invitation at the end for kids at the school who wanted to dedicate their lives to serving the Lord. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, Jonathan, don't do that. You know, peers don't respond to peers. You know, you're just one of them. They're not. And, and just young person after young person came out of the, the stands and went down to the main floor, and they were praying all over the gym, wanting to rededicate their life to Christ. And I think for Sharon and I, we snuck over so he wouldn't see us. We didn't want to make him nervous. But we were so proud of how God was using him at that moment. And we know the Lord just wanted him not to waste his life. And just real quick, this last uh, Friday, just a few days ago, we went out to Malabar Farm, and we went to see, once again, his memorial bench. We have a bench in memory of Jonathan by the Pew Cabin, if you know where that is, at Malabar Farm. And it has on it his, one of his favorite verses, Micah 6, 8. What does the Lord require of you but to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? And so we, we are so thankful for Jonathan and honestly for all our boys. We're as proud of every one of them as we are Jonathan and what God has done through their life. And he made for us a couple of Christmases before he was diagnosed with cancer. He made a DVD. And so the context is, it's actually to us, it's our Christmas gift. And uh, so you're going to hear things about Sharon and I, but we're, it's not about Sharon and I. But it, it just showed us how much he had grown in the Lord as he took Psalm 78 and he used some verses out of there to talk about, you know, how grateful he was that the Lord 
had, uh, you know, worked through his parents. He wasn't always listening to us, but he, he said, I learned some things, and we saw that he grew in the Lord. So this is really just a little DVD that he put together for us, and we just thought it would be helpful for some of you at least to see him. Some of you don't really know him, and that we thought this DVD might give you a little bit of an understanding of who Jonathan was. But we thank you again for your support of our family, Jonathan. It's a great honor, Pastor Dan. I mean, we were totally surprised and shocked when you said that the church wanted to honor him in that way, and we're very grateful to you and the leadership and the congregation once again for this great honor and privilege. Thank you. Thank you. So real quickly, this video, it's, uh, it's a few minutes long. It's, uh, it was filmed 15, 16 years ago. So it's not the same quality as what you would have if you filmed it today. Um, but I think it's going to get across uh, exactly what we want to. And following that, I'll have Matt back up on stage, who's going to uh, close us this morning. So. Psalm 78 is titled, Tell the Coming Generation. And the psalmist says this in verses 1 through 8. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable, and I will utter dark sayings from the old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell them to the coming generation. The glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and His wonders that He has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers to teach their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and raise them up to tell their children, so that they should set their hope on God, and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments, that they should not, and they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Now, there's five things that I want to point out and talk about how I think you guys have been that for me. You show me his strength. You show me his wonders, his wondrous works that he's done. You've shown me the law that he has taught, and you've shown me that we should have confidence in God and not in, in possessions or things. And finally, you've shown me what it means to have a spirit that is faithful to God in all things. And I want to just kind of break each of those down and then celebrating Christmas where it's just more than anything, it's a time to come together and thank Christ for what he's done. But also more than that, it's just a time to come together as family and remember and, and, and remember what God has done and be grateful for the grace that he's shown us. So my gift to you guys is just to talk about uh, those five things and how you've been those to me and how you've shown those to me to help me kind of step into manhood and to know what it means to, to live and to be a godly young man in this world, in this time frame. So uh, I'll be each, um, each place that we go uh, is symbolic as well. And each place uh, has meaning and purpose. So I just hope you appreciate this and uh, realize that this is from my heart. strength is and what strength means one of the stories that I think about like for me which you guys really didn't witness but <clears throat> this was like right when uh, Pastor Brian was being asked 
to resign. He was tendering his resignation before the congregation. And I remember sitting with one server, and you know there was a bunch of, like the youth around me. So I was trying to do my best to be very, you know, to, to show signs of strength and solidarity, and you know to make it sure and make it plain to everyone else around me that I was okay with what was happening, and that I was, you know, all right with it, and I was um, able to handle it. And I'll never forget, like, with you, Dad, um, when the right when like when the service was over, or whatever, and I. You know, I was, I was holding it together great. And like the moment I walked up to you, I just gave you a hug. And I felt like everything inside of me, like all those walls of, you know, false strength that I put up just crumbled. And like all I could think about was just like wanting to cry in your arms. And, uh, you know, just being able to witness that among all the other things that have happened in the church over the past couple months and years. And observing that and watching you and just seeing the incredible amount of strength that God has given you blows my mind. And it's given me an amazing example uh, to live up to. And I think I'll take the majority of my life, uh, if I'm ever even able to get to, to where you are, and just your strength to handle things. So strength is certainly something that you have um, well beyond what I could have ever uh, been able to observe in anything else. Psalm 78 also tells us about the, the wondrous works that he has done. And I remember from a very early age, you and mom always took me camping all the time or, or hiking and we went all across the U.S. Many different places and I remember all of them. I do remember that it helped me have a good understanding of his wondrous works. So 104.31 says, May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. And you guys have helped me and cultivated in me a longing and a desire to see the wondrous deeds of his works and then in turn rejoice the Lord and for that I thank you right now I'm in Lee's basement and the the point that I want to focus on that I see in Psalm 78 is meditating on the law and following the instruction of the law and the reason I'm in Lee's basement is because I think about all the laws that were broken and all the ways that I had to pay for breaking those laws um, through discipline of you or through the law or through any other thing. Um, I'm reminded of how many times I fell on my face and made a fool of myself because I did not follow the teachings that you gave me. Um, so part of it is just learning to follow the law and so 119 obviously uh, very good for this when it says with my whole heart I seek you with my whole heart I seek you let me not wander from your commandments I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you then later in verse 27 it says and I will meditate on your wondrous works my soul melts away for sorrow strengthen me according to your word And then again in Hebrews 13, verse 7, it says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God, being you guys. Consider the outcome of their life and imitate their faith. So again, just even talking about, um, you know, all the mistakes and all the, the, the silly, foolish things that I did as a young boy, like 
uh, finally being able to reconcile those and to see those uh, kind of play out and haunt me now, even affecting my testimony, even today, where people remember me not for uh, being uh, good in stature or a young man of the Lord, but remembering me for being someone who was uh, very foolish and very stupid and uh, just making a lot of mistakes. And, you know, looking back, obviously, you know, to regret does not do us any good. But to look back and to say, you know, had I listened to my parents, had I heeded their words, and had I followed the teaching of the law that they had given me, that you had given me, uh, that would have saved me so much grief and, you know, potentially uh, made me much more effective uh, in the gospel. So <laughs> to let you know that I have grown and I have understood that and I see that now. So um, thank you for bearing with me and continuing not to give up on me, but to, to strengthen me all the more in teaching me the commandments. So thank you. In verse 8, it talks about having hope in God. Hope in God, not in money, not in things, not in our health. We should boast in none of that, but we should have our hope set in God. And Piper has that chapter in the book that you read, that um, Brothers, be content with copper. And I pray that you guys would continue to have that mindset that we should not strive for the things of gold or not aim to have the, the pleasantries in life and you guys have shown me that, just in, in humble things of even possessions. The verse that I want to read is Luke 12, 32-34. It says this, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heaven that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And even just in this place, I thought was significant because this is, is downtown. This is where, where there's poverty, there's oppression, there, there are the poor and the needy. They're here in downtown Mansfield. And I, and I love the fact that we, uh, we, don't, we don't celebrate the things of wealth. As a child, I, you never bought me name brand clothing. You never pushed me in that direction. And, that, and I know that my heart was sinful and I know that I desired those things for a long time, but even now I see as that has helped me so much to where I'm finally coming back to realizing that possessions mean none, mean nothing and money means nothing to me. And that's because of you. I credit that to you, to being content with copper. So again, I thank you for your help. Psalm 78 talks about a spirit that is faithful to God. And you and mom have both showed me that in sickness and in health, in every circumstance I can think of, you guys have showed me over the course of my whole life what faithfulness means through suffering, through trials, through all the things that I've seen you and watched you experience. I've watched you guys persevere. And I see 
And I know that I'm so blessed to have it because I talk with people at school all the time about their parents and their family who just don't know what it means to be faithful. And the kids are, are longing to know what it means. And I see that in you, and I'm very blessed to have it. Acts 20, 22 to 25 says this, And now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life as any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Afflictions, trials, none of that matters, Paul says, as long as I finish the course that's been given me. And that's what I see, and I, I encourage Dad, Mom, you guys to do the same. Stay faithful to God. The, the example you've shown me already, may that continue. I love you guys very much, and, and you mean the world to me, and the example that you've set means the world to me. Merry Christmas. Bear with me. I haven't heard my brother's voice in a while. Memorial Day is hard, I'm sure, for many of you. We've all lost people we love. This cross is a symbol. Not that life's easy. It's not. Not that we won't suffer. We will. Not even that we won't die. It's the symbol that death doesn't have the last word. <laughs> Our God suffers with us. Our God became a man, and he suffered and died for us. Not so that we wouldn't suffer, but that our suffering would be like his and lead us to him. The cross is Jesus' victory over sin and over death, over everything that destroys his good earth and all that he's made. But it's not the victory we expect. He didn't come with an army, he came as a baby. He didn't defeat his opponents. He didn't out-argue them. He didn't marshal political authority to triumph and victory. He died. And it's hard to follow a crucified God. And I remember the struggle in my own faith. We prayed so hard that my brother would be healed. And I knew that God had the power to heal my brother. We wanted so much to see a miracle. And I think at that stage of my life, that was the, what I thought faithfulness looked like. When with all my heart I'm begging for something, God will give it to me. But God knew my faith had to grow. And all of our faith had to grow. The final victory of Jesus was not that we would not suffer. The final victory of Jesus was that we would live 
forever with Him. For God so loved the world that He sent His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. And friends, He has not lost His grip. He has not lost His purpose. And even when my brother's death, He was working for my brother's salvation. My brother died at 23 years old. There's not many days I don't think about I'm living on borrowed time. We didn't know what kind of cancer my brother had. We don't know who might get it next. But we know the God who has triumphed over the grave. I miss my brother dearly, believe me, but I believe I shall see him again. And this gospel is not for the strong. It is for the weak. It is for the broken. It is for the failures. It is for the people who find life to be altogether too much. And if you haven't had that experience yet, I don't know what else to say to you. (laughs) But if you have had that experience, if you have found in your life that your best efforts aren't enough, that you can't quite be what you wish you would be, then come. Jesus says come. All you who are weary, all who are heavy burdened, you'll find rest for your souls. Let me teach you how to live, he says. Let me show you what life with God is like. So come. Would you bow with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we could not do this but you did what we could not. We could not be what we wish we could be, but you are able. We praise the one who paid our debt of sin and failure and who rose this life up from the dead. I pray this morning that if any are hungering for your life, the life that only you give, that they too might know that they are welcome, that you died for them, and you are waiting and ready to give them new life. Father, today is a day of grieving. We remember those who have died and those who we love and we cannot see, but we trust that they are safe with you. Father, thank you for your love. Come to us where we are in our need this morning, we pray. In the mighty, powerful name of Jesus, amen.